the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by my friend, Joy Schaffler, who uh, joins me, I believe, from Austin, Texas, um, and has a fascinating background of service um, and entrepreneurship, which is exactly the recipe that we like here and Get Down to Business. Joy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. It's exciting to have you. So let's talk very briefly about your story and how it's led to the entrepreneurial journey because man, oh man, you have quite the bio and quite the resume. Joy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I am the uh, the principal of Distinctive Edge Partners, which is a um, communications and investor engagement firm uh, representing cybersecurity um representing industrials, defense, manufacturing, engineering, so kind of all of the more um, industrial type feeling businesses. Um, I've got a a team of phenomenal people who have experience with Fortune 500, um, as well as uh, military backgrounds and some um, government leadership, so just a phenomenal group. Um, I started my career in the Army Reserves. I was enlisted. I went through the officer program, um, was mobilized helping run an SRP site, which I know you know the fun of. And, uh, you know, I just learned so many great leadership skills um, while I was in the service and going through the ROTC program. And that really helped catapult me into Um, playing roles within investor relations. I was director of acquisitions and investment firm, um, helped them grow, make the ink list twice, uh, acquire about 2,000 doors of multifamily property. Um, And then I launched a a communications firm that uh, was one of the fastest growing communications firms in the country at one time. Uh, We had um, phenomenal staff, worked a lot in cybersecurity and with um, different uh, economic ministries and did a lot of stuff in the investor relations and fintech and banking space. So just great, great um, experience. And and then went back to the investment world, uh, helped launch a public non-traded REIT from that. And um, now I've been investing and now I've got uh, my communications firm, Distinctive Edge Partners. 
That's awesome. Fantastic. And congratulations, Joy, on that success. So I know um, you are uh, on the ground floor of hearing about some of the uh, latest and greatest uh, innovation. And you and I have had several great conversations. I know that you, uh, like me, you love the, you love the stories. You love the, uh, you know, hearing about amazing people doing amazing things and interesting um, uh, innovation that's taking place. So Joy, from your, um, from your, as we would say in the army, the, uh, from your foxhole, um, what are you seeing, especially as we have this conversation at the uh, very, very end of August, you know, COVID was unexpected. I was just having this conversation, the word pandemic, nobody even knew what a pandemic was, but now it's, uh, now it's part of our vocabulary. Um, what, what's your, what, what, what are you seeing in the market? What are you seeing in the economy and will we be able to recover? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be different. There is, uh, massive areas of, um, investment going on right now with the, you know, the, um, the infrastructure bill that was just passed, for example, um, we are really entering a new era here. We have to update our electrical grid. Um, we have to update manufacturing to stay competitive, uh, the way that we use energy and incorporate more clean energy um, into things, which I know is is something that is near and dear to your heart. Like we just absolutely have to make some changes as a country, which is going to pour a lot of investment into other areas. So, you know, do I think that um, it's a great time to start, you know, I mean, I, I think you got to kind of it's dollar cost averaging as far as the market goes, right? And and some of that stuff over time. Um, but I think you really have to look at opportunities. Where are the growth sectors, right? I know you've you've got some great stuff with post-harvest, for example, where you guys are going into um, doing a lot more with refrigerated warehouses and doing some really interesting work there. And, you know, that is, those kinds of industrial plays, those kinds of um, plays where you're going to be investing in things that are needed for the next 20, 30 years, um, as well as, you know, the next year with, with our climate issues that we've got are really important. And so I think you just have to look at where we're going, not where we are, and you'll find opportunities. Exactly correct. And Joy, um, one of the... Uh... One of the uh, the the fun uh, aspects of entrepreneurship is you never know what the next day is going to hold. Um, there's the ups and there's the downs. And Joy, you have uh, you have become quite the entrepreneur. I know we'll talk in a moment. You've got some new and exciting things in the in the works. But I always like to ask um, gurus and experts like yourself, what's the number one tip that you have from your own experience of launching a uh, launching a firm, what's the one thing that's that 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 maybe you went through that you don't want our listeners to have to go through that you can teach them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have to know where you're going to get there, um, hands down. And so many people, you know, they they kind of ready fire aim. You have to really. Um, look at where you're going. What, what do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? And you need to lay those out. Um, the way that we approach communications is literally like, okay, what is all of, what are your goals? Um, what are the things that you need? Is it funding? Is it um, you're planning on going IPO via SPAC? Are you uh, launching, you know, a, a big um, new product? Like, what is it exactly that you're trying to do? And then you need to backwards plan from there. Another thing I got from the uh, 
<clears throat> from the army, um, you know, you need to backwards plan and you need to know, make sure that your team is aware of the mission and where they're going as well. You know, you break it down into those tactical chunks uh, in the military. And that's exactly what needs to be done in business. So um, really getting clear on what your goals are and then having a very clear and defined process to where per department to how you actually get there. Um, that's something, unfortunately, too few businesses do these days or ever. Absolutely. That's great advice. And that's that's so important. And having uh, having that focus, that drive, the mission is, is critical. So, Joy, back over to you and your entrepreneurial journey. Um, so you have had a front row seat uh, to many areas of innovation. Um, as you said, you're uh, touching in some areas that haven't been touched before. So what's what's next for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, you know, with, uh, with Distinctive Edge Partners, I was in the investment space. I sold my PR firm back in 2017 um, and then jumped back into the investment space, running a public non-traded REIT, um, developing channels across the family office and RIA and self-directed investment community. And I just, um, and, and then I joined a team uh, with former Congressman Dan Donovan and uh, an executive from News Corp and Goldman. And we really played for the last year in the industrials and defense um, and uh, manufacturing space and shipping. We looked at a lot of deal flows there, uh, a lot of deal flow there, looked at engineering firms, looked at all kinds of really interesting businesses. And I just, got entrenched in that market. Um, it, it was so exciting to me that I've built a phenomenal team around me of people who are, you know, 20 year veterans in the space working for some of the large T connectivity, you know, some of the largest companies out there and um, in the industrials and telecommunications mm -hmm. and defense space. And so I'm just so excited to, you know, work with my partners to jump back into these businesses and really help them grow. I mean, I firmly believe that are not only are these businesses which um, are important, but they're critical to our, you know, our survival and safety as a com as a country. And I know that seems dramatic, but if our infrastructure doesn't get updated, if we don't have food security. Um, you know, water security, all of these things are critical. Joy, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you. I know you're all over on LinkedIn. Uh, how can people reach you if they want to learn more about everything that you do? Absolutely. So distinctiveedge.partners is uh, my website and you can learn all about um, my agency and team and all of the different pieces there. Well, Joy, um, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. I can't wait to see what comes out of uh, out of your team and uh, have uh, further conversations here and get down to business. But uh, again, thanks so much for joining us. We are going to squeeze in a very quick break over here, here and get down to business. The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get to my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So in a world where change is a constant, people definitely need imaginative thinking and a new perspective to problem solving. That's why I'm joined 
by creativity and innovation expert, Dr. Roger Firestein, who is offering a powerful tool for achieving goals and visions in a fantastic book called Why Didn't I Think of That? Better Ideas in Decision-Making at Home and at Work. Dr. Firestein, welcome to the program. Thanks. It's a delight to be here. It's, uh, it's a delight to have you. So I love innovation. We were just having that conversation just before the yes. break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ask that question all the time. Why didn't I think of that? In fact, as I look around and our listeners can't see my environment, but pretty much everything that's on my desk and in my office are all things that I say, why didn't I think of that? So Roger, behind every good author, um, there's always a story. And especially behind every good title, there's always a story. Roger, what's your story? <laughs> well, let's see. I've been in the creativity and innovation business for about 40 years. Uh, I'm the senior faculty at the Center for Applied Imagination at SUNY Buffalo State. And why didn't I think of that is what you have is a re-release of my first book, which is why didn't I think of that? It's been updated. Uh, I also have another book out called Create in a Flash, a Leader's Recipe for Breakthrough Innovation. That one just came out. But why didn't I think of that? is a little creativity fable that really takes a look at uh, the things that tend to get in the way of our creativity, the things that can help our creativity. And we use the example of a company called the Big Black and White Company. And their motto is, we are the Big Black and White Company. We do the thing, we, we uh, have the time-honored tradition of doing things the way we've always done them before. And in this little fable, this other company comes onto the scene called the Color Company, and the Big Black and White Company is stymied. And so in that, we teach 10 methods help people to become more innovative, more creative, such as deferring judgment when they're generating ideas, asking creative questions, looking at the strengths of ideas first. And this little book came to me about uh, about three o'clock in the morning in uh, Washington, D.C., back in 1986. Uh, this is the fourth printing of it, but we've re-updated it and added added brand new features to it and a new bonus section. So that's that's that book. And uh, Creating a Flash is my other one that has videos that are accompanying it. So that's kind of the story behind it. Well, Roger, I mean, a, with a re-release of a book, I would think that probably between the, the initial release and the re-release, you probably have thought of all of the good ideas. You've probably made you know millions and billions of dollars by releasing everything. But uh, no, all kidding aside, you, you break down, and I don't want to share all of the secrets sure. of the book, because yeah. you break down the creativity process into 10 rules. And we have a short, uh, short uh, conversation over here, and I don't want to go through everything. But what is it um, that's in the uh, in the in the psyche of an innovator that that others don't have? And how can people how can people adapt to sort of develop that creative problem solving process? Yeah, you know what, and let me let me tell you a story about this, because this is just really kind of new in my experience. Uh, A couple months ago, I was speaking at a virtual conference and I was talking about Create in a Flash. I was talking about the re-release of Why Didn't I Think of That? We've also just released a nine-part series on innovation on the Open Sesame uh, online learning pr- platform that we're really excited about. And a- as I was reviewing some of these things with the group, this question came up. And the question was from one of the participants. He said, how do you move from a one-off creative team meeting or from your program to internalizing principles of creativity in your work and life. And I got to tell you, Shalom, the the first, when I heard that, I was actually stymied because I've been in this business for 44 years. This is just the way I think about things. But then one of my brilliant graduate students, she saved me and she said, learn the language of creativity. Learn the language of creativity. 
And so uh, one piece of the language of creativity is um, asking creative questions, because if you want creative ideas, you need creative questions. And because the language we use to describe a problem is really going to dictate the kinds of solutions that we're going to generate. And let me give you an example. Uh, let's say somebody says, uh, we don't have any money. Good or bad question. Well, that's a bad question. As a matter of fact, it's a statement. And when you hear that statement, your brain says, okay, we don't have any money, decision made, move on. Now, let's try the language of creativity. And we talk about this and why didn't I think of that? Um, and we'll be saying phrases like what might or how to at the beginning of our sentences. So something like, how might we raise money, raise the money for the project? Or what are all the ways we might reduce the cost of the project? Now, just think about that. Just phrasing a question in that way changes the whole energy and it sends a message to your brain that says, go search for your ideas. So we don't have enough money. Your brain stops thinking, how might we raise the money? How might we reduce the cost? What might be, get, we get, what might be all the ways we can get people to contribute to this idea that changes your thinking dramatically? It diffuses difficult conversations. It lowers judgment. So just by asking open-ended questions that begin with how to or how might or what might be all the ways to, it, it is creating the language of possibilities. So that's one thing that we talk about in the book that's really, really powerful. That that is incredibly powerful, and um, and you you share a lot of different uh, examples of of how people and companies have applied these principles um, that are explored in the book to their professional and personal lives. And and I agree that money is you know there, there are so many creative it's it, it's it's a mindset and it's a creative um, process as you say the CPS the creative problem solving process which is which is great and um, Roger I know you are very very proud of your students you mentioned that um, I think right before we came uh, online over here as you said a moment ago your senior faculty and associate mm -hmm. professor at the Center for Applied Imagination at SUNY Buffalo State so what what is a classroom environment with a Dr. Roger Firestein look like um is it just all of the like future uh future uh, fortune 100 companies um uh ceos all in one room yes all of the fortune 100 company ceos are in the same room together yeah right <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal we have a mix of people so for example we have people from all aspects of life um uh, we'll have doctors in there we'll have lawyers in there we'll have musicians we'll have uh seo people we'll have uh Teachers, we'll have artists, we'll have educators, people from all different aspects of life uh, take courses in creative studies with us because we teach a general process and the process follows your natural thinking. Get some data, figure out what the problem is by asking creative questions, generate some ideas, select those ideas and then put them into action. The environment in a creative studies classroom or in a creativity classroom is where people are in small groups. We have stuff on the table for people to play with, uh, Silly Putty and Play-Doh and Legos, because one of the things that we know is that people learn by doing. So if you're manipulating something or if you're experimenting with something with your hands, you're going to be more relaxed. You're going to learn better. We also have a lot of pictures around um, because we make connections with pictures. So say you're working on a particular problem and you get stuck. Well, what ideas might you get? Well, let's try this, for example. Say you're trying to improve a, a bathtub. Well, what ideas might you get from looking at a banana? Well, make the bathtub yellow or change the shape of the tub or make it have a soft bottom or 
have a bunch of your friends over, um, or you or you look at an airplane cockpit, you know, make a bathtub flying, that sort of thing. So those are little warm up activities that we do to get people then focused on their real challenges at hand. The key thing in a creativity classroom is we work on stuff that's relevant to the participants. So we don't work on case problems. You bring in a challenge that you want to work on, whether it's a small business problem, as many people in your audience might be might be uh, interested in, whether it's a problem with, with uh, how you're educating your students. Mm-hmm. You bring that in. We apply the creative process to that. And it is amazing the energy that people get as a result of applying this process to stuff that's real to them. I'm chatting with uh, Dr. Roger Firestein, the author of Why Didn't I Think of That and Creating a Flash, a Leader's Recipe for Breakthrough Innovation. Uh, and Roger, I have one more question for you in our one minute remaining, the million yes. dollar question. Yes. What is the one thing that our listeners, entrepreneurs tuning in to get down to business should put into practice this week? First thing is defer judgment. Don't judge your ideas when you come up with them. So if you're stuck on a problem, generate 10, 15, 20 ideas, go beyond the obvious, make connections, Take a look at the problem that you're working on and look at something that's not related. But I'd say the most important thing is ask creative questions. What might be all the ways to? How might I? How to? Well, there's some homework for everybody to put into practice. Ask those creative questions and uh, pick up a copy of the book, too. That's your other homework as well. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, Better ideas and decision making at home and at work. And by the way, I love that that is at home and at work. It's not just to make money, um, but uh, it is actually something that can uh, affect your personal life as well. Roger, you are a pleasure, my friend. How can people pick up copies of the book and get in touch with you? Both of them are on Amazon, or you can also go to my website, uh, Roger Firestein, F-I-R-E-S-T-I-E-N.com. And when you order the hard copy from my website, I'll sign it for you. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, wow, I, I better get on that. Um, again, the author of the book, Why Didn't I Think of That? And Creating a Flash, get on Amazon, pick up a copy of the book. Uh, Roger Firestein, thanks so much for joining us. We will Thank be you. sure to have you back real soon. We are going to squeeze in headlines, a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more Small business jobs and entrepreneurs should be sure to check out our sponsors, uh, ChicagoSignatureLimo.com and HealthPlanChicago.com. Um, again, the gurus of everything health insurance and transportation. Get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Hey, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So we've been talking all about innovation. We'll continue to do so throughout the program. But I want to talk about 12 survival tips for small businesses in 2021 because it's great to innovate. We also need to make sure that you are uh, leaning forward and putting in best practices to make sure that you will be around um, for a long time in the future. So. Um, we're, we're already halfway through the year, and I've been talking with experts across um, the business environment, big businesses, small businesses, and they've all shared some themes that I wanted to share with our listeners uh, here this evening. Uh, the first one is ranking customers on key attributes. You may know your best customers by name, especially if you're a small business with few customers or sell mainly to businesses rather than the general public. If you can, rank these customers on one attribute, let's say spend the most, and then generate a list so you could contact them 
for additional business. You also have to nurture your brand advocates. Um, that's who I would call the referral sources. Happy, loyal customers or clients are going to spread the news to their friends. They'll post about you on social media. They'll network with you. They'll share uh, opinions about your accounting services, your legal services. If you have customers like those, make sure you are taking care of them. Send gifts. I've discovered that the majority of business that I've been involved in has come through referrals, and that ultimately is is going to be a game changer for you. Um, you could also develop an, a referral incentive program. For example, if a customer of yours refers you to another business, you could offer them a referral discount um, on the on your services or something like that. Adopt agility, and you've been hearing a lot about uh, innovation throughout the show so far. If there's anything that 2020 has taught us to prepare for absolutely anything. For small business owners, this means having to roll with the punches. While many larger organizations adopted a work-from-home standard, some businesses require physical labor or on-site staff. These businesses should communicate their plans to open safely with their staff, perhaps how they're going to open in waves, physical changes to workstations, prepare for worst-case scenarios, revisit your business plan, and have a what-if forecast, where all scenarios are accounted for in your cash flow. Um, and you need to use targeted social media advertising. I've been talking a lot about this on previous episodes of Get Down to Business, which again, you can find on my website, shalomkline.com. Um, but Facebook advertising is a really good tool. It offers look-alike audience targeting. Let me explain that for a moment. Using your existing customer database, Facebook can look through the database and find people who match the profile of your existing customers. You can then create ads that are targeted at this look-alike audience. As another plus, Facebook ads are seamlessly converted to Instagram ads within the Facebook ads manager. When done right, Instagram can be a huge platform to grow and sell, especially when you're talking about a B to C, a business to consumer market. Targeting is the number one benefit of using social media because when you're setting up ads, you can request criteria such as education, financial status, ethnic affinity, location, life events, and so on. But I, I want to say this, that um, advertising on social media is really a very affordable prospect. It really can be very helpful for you to make a big splash pretty quickly, whether you are in a B2B or B2C. And speaking of advertising, you need to diversify the markets you serve. If your traditional market is struggling, can you try other markets? For example, can you try success in the next town or by changing your marketing focus? If your market is too broad, for example, people living within a one-hour drive, maybe better to narrow it to female accountants who own condos in the downtown core. You may discover a new market. Automate as many business processes as you can. If you're juggling to keep up with paper receipts, as an example, you might want to get a receipt app. This can lighten your load. We all know that we have to work lean and mean these days to make sure that we are able to uh, to to be successful. And by the way, on that financial note, lean on your accountant for financial confidentiality and support. Accountants are not just about going through your receipts, but ask for advice on budgeting and finance and so on. And set up subscription paid services. If your business model allows for it, can you set up recurring subscription-based services for your customers for an incentive for them to sign up? Is there a marginal discount you could offer them for recurring purchases? Subscription services or goods make it easier for both the consumer and for you. For the customer, it's a pain-free way to get those services on a regular cycle without having to waste time on your billing page. Uh, it, lawyers can do this too. Set up a, a package that, that people will have access to your 
to your uh, expertise um, for a specific amount of money. Uh, we're getting close to the end over here. Make sure you ask for feedback. Don't be afraid to ask your staff or even friends and family questions on what they think the business could be doing better. Often employees are instinctively aware of issues and solutions in the business, while those with an outside perspective can share ideas that you may not have thought of previously and be better than the competition. Doesn't that seem obvious? It's much easier to be competitive if you can solve a customer's problem better than the competition. Focus on the benefits you provide, not the features. And don't charge less, offer more. Don't discount. Lowering your price in order to compete is a losing proposition, especially against larger competitors with deeper pockets. Instead, beat them using superior service, product mix, product knowledge, or post-sale support. And finally, finally, you need to listen. There are smart people out there ready to support you. Be open. Be open-minded to listening to others and accepting their advice. Again, we're in a world where maybe some of you might not be comfortable going out to the next after hours and, and mixer and, and being around a thousand people. But bottom line, you can still network and you still need to pick up the phone, get on a Zoom meeting and talk to the people that you know, like, trust and respect because those are going to be your best advocates for referrals, but also in real practical and honest advice for your small business. Again, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're going to squeeze in one more quick break and we'll be back with yet another entrepreneur right after the break. Get on my website, shalomkline.com and be sure to get on your favorite podcast app, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and subscribe to Get Down to Business for all the content and information on small business that you might know. Uh, and we'll be again right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm so excited to be joined by my friend, Ray Weigel, who's the president and founder of the Weigel Media Group. And his passion uh, is in something that I am so passionate about as well, which is storytelling. And you can, uh, you can just Google his name and see so, so much about his decades of experience as a news anchor and reporter for television news, print media. He's won multiple awards working at some, some uh, of the big, uh, big name organizations throughout Chicago and beyond. So, uh, Rafer, without further ado, welcome to Get Down to Business, my friend. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Klein. I really appreciate you having me on here. It's fun to have you. So you have, as we said, spent years of reporting, um, mm -hmm. and you and I have talked offline about that personal connection that you right. have developed, whether it's in breaking news or a human interest piece. So I want to understand and tell your story for a moment, Rafer. Uh, how did you develop a passion for media, and how has that led to the development of the, of the Weigel Media Group now? Well, first of all, you know, if folks do uh, know my history, I actually lost my job at Fox 32 as a news anchor, um, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I got into this business because my father was an iconic sportscaster in Chicago named Tim Weigel, passed away in 2001. He always wanted to be a news anchor, and he, actually, they put him on the desk for one week with Oprah Winfrey, uh, and then Oprah got her own show after that, and my dad, that was back in 1982, and then my dad ended up going back to sports. So I, I was on this Oedipus Rex-like quest to get there, and in Market 3, I arrived news anchor and my marriage fell apart. My son moved to Vegas with his mother, the woman I fell in love with post-divorce I left behind in St. Louis and I was miserable. And so I put so much energy on my personal or my professional development and none of my personal um, that I self-destructed and it caused me to, to, to do a realignment, which I'm really, really grateful for. I'm not proud of it, but I'm grateful for it. And, you know, I got into journalism because our family is storytellers. We're passionate about storytelling. And I found that local news 
uh, is not really interested in that so much anymore. I saw a very big disconnect between PR and traditional media because, you know, we'd have two reporters to cover the entire region in Chicago and all they're interested in in local news is shootings on the south side and snow on the north side. And that's pretty much almost every day in Chicago. So um, I saw this major disconnect and I just got, you know, was really unhappy reporting in front of dead bodies under sheets. I see a a real problem right now with with local news and it's losing market share and, and it's resorting to old methods like it, you know, it used to the if it bleeds, it leads and, and, and people aren't tuning in because it's depressing. So we decided to create a news for hire uh, uh, option organization, you know, tell your story in collaboration with uh, award winning journalists and build your market share that way and go right to the, the clients on social media. You know, the word social is going to be dropped at some point and it will just be the media. Uh, and it's free. So um, so it's been a blast and it's allowing me to tell stories that matter, working with nonprofits and and businesses with a mission and, you know, meeting wonderful people like yourself uh, who also are uh, altruistic in nature. And, and you're a guy who I, I perceive as, you know, one who is, you know, constantly trying to be of service. Uh, and, and as a result, I, I think you've been able to achieve some success that way. So I'm trying to do what you're doing. Uh, so I appreciate it, Rafer. You're, you're a good man. And I love the title that you have all over on your uh, business card, your website, President and Chief Storyteller, because that's what it's all about. And through your, as we said, that experience, and I appreciate you sharing um, quite candidly your story, um, you've you've been able to harness the uh, the tools of video. And one of the important lessons that I know you and I have talked about is that you've discovered where you're good and where maybe where you're not so good. So you've, <laughs> you've surrounded yourself with uh, with subject matter experts. I know you work with a wonderful fellow called Eric, um, mm-hmm. who helps you on the video side. But you put people at ease to share their key message. And sometimes, you know, we are our own worst enemy when we're in business. We, we're really good at doing something for, for, for our customers, really, really bad at telling, uh, telling what that is. So Rafer, tell us about some of those examples of some of the recent small businesses or even nonprofits, which I know you're very passionate about, that you've been able to tell their story. Well, the first rule of storytelling is, is you need to tell, you know, I tell my clients and I tell everybody this, you're not the hero of your story. The hero of your story is your customer or your clients. You are the guide in the story. You are the Obi-Wan and the Yoda in the story. Your customer is the Luke Skywalker. And we're telling the story of how you're going to help them defeat Darth Vader. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I would see with press releases, when PR agencies would send those releases out to us, they made their client the hero of the story, which is, you know, that's where their bread is buttered. And, and, you know, they want to boost that client's ego. But at the end of the day, what is that client of theirs doing to solve a problem for the viewer? And you take that approach into news as well. When you're telling a story as a journalist, it's not about you. It's about the viewer. Why does the viewer need to know this? Um, and, and, and that is really, you know, the first rule of, of, of thumb. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, nonprofits are our, 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 our favorites because, you know, they're doing good in the community and, uh, and, and helping them grow to do good work is, uh, has been a lot of fun. Um, we're moving more now into the environmental, social, and governance uh, realm of profit businesses that are that are trying to do do good. We're recently uh, working with a client now called RiseKit that's helping people who are underqualified for jobs find careers, uh, not just you know odd jobs, but actually you know folks who've on, on edu- undereducated or who've you know done their time in, in in prison and now they're trying to rebuild their lives and you know certainly that I can I can empathize with so you know it's a lot of fun it's it's you know your head hits the pillow at night and people are like do you miss being on TV I'm like no I don't I was only on TV uh, you know initially I was on TV to serve the ego but 
you know what? Now I'm about serving others. And um, I'm about six months in. I'll let you know in six months if it works. <laughs> well, you're doing an awesome job. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I, I actually had fun uh, prior to coming onto the air with you, uh, watching some of your recent videos. And, and, and I know you're having a blast. And that's, that's awesome. Um, we're going to squeeze in a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of the practical, real-life uh, tips that you would recommend for the entrepreneurs that are tuning in, things that they can do to tell their story, things that they can do, perhaps even without hiring. And I'm not trying to push people away from Ray for Weigel over here, but there, I, I know that there are some grassroots steps. So again, we're going to squeeze in a very quick break. I'm chatting with Ray for Weigel, President and Chief Storyteller of the Weigel Media Group. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. So there's a man here uh, that's joining me here on the air that's uh, worked with car dealerships, law firms, worked on events, political campaigns, and lots of not-for-profits. And there is something that they all have in common. Again, Rafer Weigel has been sharing that it is the art of storytelling. And Rafer puts everybody at ease through uh, helping businesses, um, as as we've been talking about, share their story and share that unique uh, capability. So Rafer, welcome back. Um, I know that every small business owner tuning in, every entrepreneur has a story to tell. What can they put in practice today? Well, the first thing is, you know, their why is so important. There's a great book by Marcus Sheridan called They Ask, You Answer. And in that book, it says that 80% of all business decisions are now made virtually before anybody picks up the phone or even emails anybody. You have to have a face and a presence on your website or you will lose to your competitors. Every question that a potential customer could ask needs to be on there and putting, you know, people buy from people and, you know, COVID accelerated this immensely where the virtual presence now is more crucial than ever. I'm a big believer in the drip campaign. You know, the, the, the five years ago, video was all the rage. People were spending, you know, $20,000, $10,000 in these high, uh, high end, super polished videos and wondering why they weren't making any money. And it's because people don't care. You need those seven, eight touch points. So I'm a big believer in posting something at least once a week. Uh, and, and the quality, all it has to do is not uh, distract from the message. You know, the quality can't be too polished and it can't be too rustic. It has to be somewhere in between. Um, one of the tools of the trade that if, you know, I, when we do our videos, I interview the folks and I put them at ease that way. We do a documentary style, which allows the viewer to listen in like it's they're having a conversation like a reality TV show. But if you want to do stuff directly and talk directly to your customers, obviously just get a better camera. As I'm talking to you, I'm a video guy and I'm using my camera from my computer, which is an abomination, but get a nice, you know, 4K external camera, maybe a microphone. And I always tell people, you know, when I first started out and I was so nervous doing the sports, I always imagined a person on that lens. Uh, uh, pick a specific human being that you are talking to and make sure that how important and recognize that this is something they need to hear. So that will in turn tap you into your motivation for your messaging. But do this on a regular basis. You know, people say, well, I put these videos on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. So what? I said, well, now you're creating a dialogue with your potential customers. So people like it. They comment. Yes. Now you have a warm lead. And as you continue to engage with them, you're going to build that narrative and you're going to build that engagement and you're going to break down that wall. As you know, uh, Scott, it's the no like and trust factor. 
And that's what we are, you know, that's what we're battling against. And when I did the car dealership, it was like, look, you're battling against CarMax. We need to make people realize that you're a likable guy and that coming in here to meet you is something they're going to enjoy and actually, you know, not be shy, you know, not be afraid of. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's basically in a nutshell. Well, Rafe, you've shared some very, very good advice. And you mentioned earlier, obviously, this, uh, this. Well, it's the COVID factor, but it is. It's been, it's been happening before. Uh, the the change in the media landscape, and that means that business owners need to take things into their own hands, develop their own content, develop their own, as you keep saying, that dialogue with their customers. So, Rafe Weigel, you're a pleasure, my friend. How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about the Weigel Media Group and get this process started for themselves? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are, we're a national company. So, uh, we just recently did a, uh, a project out in Portland. We've worked in St. Louis, Chicago, New York, Atlanta. Um, just email me directly, Rafer, R-A-F-E-R at weigelmediagroup.com, W-E-I-G-E-L mediagroup.com. So we are, uh, we're now starting to expand and offering, uh, PR as part of our services. As I always say, if you do the job of the media for them, they're 10 times more likely to engage. Write an article, do a good story, send it to the media. Don't send a press release, send a finished product. And then they literally will cut and paste it and put it on their website because they're dealing with a resources crisis and they need the content. Make their job as easy as possible. And you know that because you've been uh, you've been part of them in the past. And Rafer, you gave me an, uh, an invitation, and uh, we will follow up with you in six months and see how everything is going. <laughs> and I'm excited to see that story for your your own journey uh, from the uh, from the master of storytelling himself, Rafer Weigel. Thanks so much for joining us. That's a wrap here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560 The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com